Welcome to a special edition of SMX Insider. We are your insiders, Jason Wigan and Jason Thomas. This is what we've been building up to since we launched this show and since the Super Motocross World Championship was announced last August. So over a year now, we've been talking about this, Jason Thomas. Playoffs are coming to this sport over the next three weekends. Yeah, and I was really unsure. You mentioned last August. I was like, wait, what? what is happening? But you've watched this unfold and the details come to light. And the riders, I think, have been the most interesting aspect of this to watch them come around, to understand it, to make changes to their schedule so they could get into this top 20, which is an exciting top 20, which we'll get into. Uh, it, it's It's been a great thing for the sport, this development. And I think it's going to be here for a long time to come. And you can already see the the adoption of the teams and riders. is uh, The response has been incredible. So the real point of this episode is to give you the reveal of our field, who's automatically in, who has a chance to race their way in through the LCQ, and what the standings are in advance of these races, because there are bonus points paid out depending on how well you did in the regular season. But first, a quick update where you can watch these races and where they'll take place. It starts Saturday, September 9th at Z-Max Dragway, part of the Charlotte Motor Speedway Complex, then Chicagoland Speedway the next weekend, and then we wrap it up at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Keep in mind, round one is a day race. We'll have our pre-race show begin at 2.30 Eastern, and then racing begins at 3 o'clock Eastern. There'll be night races in Chicago and L.A. And Race Day Live from Monster Energy Supercross returns. It'll start on Saturday morning with Dan Hubbard and Ryan Villapoto on board. So that's how you can watch. This will be really exciting, though, because we don't know what to expect. And that's the vibe I picked up the most at Ironman, JT. The riders normally by the last pro motocross race are ready for vacation. The unknown of we don't know who's going to win, how we're going to treat this, or how much money we're going to make, most of them hoping they're going to make a lot, I think is the most exciting aspect. Yeah, I think it's taken some of the finale out of the season at, at Ironman, right? Because there's this three-race championship going on that everybody's been thinking about for a month now, right? Whether it's preparing their bikes or their bodies or getting all these things lined out, right? All the things you don't really think about, suspension and all these things. There's been a lot of preparation going on, and I felt more excitement at Ironman than I ever have at, at any finale of the season because there is a ton of money up, you know, up for grabs. And for guys like Jason Anderson or some of these guys who haven't necessarily been in the fight to win anything, guess what? They get to turn the page and go after a lot of money in this escalating points scenario where they can really do some damage here if, if they got hot late. So let's show you how we got to this field here for the playoffs. We have the traditional championships and the champions in Monster Energy Supercross were Chase Sexton on the 450 and then the Lawrence Brothers Jet winning the 250 West and Hunter winning the 250 East titles. And then we just wrapped up more Lawrence Brothers championships with the 450 title going to Jet and the 250 title going to Hunter outdoors. But we bring the top 20 riders in combined points, Supercross and Motocross together automatically into the motos these races are a two moto format 20 plus minutes and that's kind of a blend of supercross distance but the two moto format for motocross but we'll also have other riders have a chance to get in through the lcq and you mentioned the escalating points one other thing we need to mention round one worth single points round two worth double points round three is worth triple points which pretty much ensures saturday night at uh, los angeles memorial coliseum is going to be crazy uh, so we'll see JT, I think the big question is, we saw so much Lawrence Brothers domination. Does that necessarily carry over? I think, yes, the Barsha-Anderson types are saying, no, it's going to be different. This is my chance. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be the, the tale of two stories there because I do think Hunter Lawrence goes in as the best rider. He came out of Supercross as, I believe, the best rider. 
comes out of pro motocross as the best rider. So there's no reason for me to think he won't be the dominant rider there again. The 450 class is a different story because Jet is an unknown in 450 Supercross. Not only that, but I think the margins get smaller, right? Just because Jet was so much quicker in motocross doesn't mean that that will immediately translate to these massive gaps that we've seen in motocross. So I think there's gonna be closer racing. Guys will be able to get more aggressive with Jet. And I don't know that he's gonna hole shot every single time or you know, 95% of the time like he did in motocross and be able to get away early. So I think guys like Barsha, as you mentioned, guys like Jason Anderson, some of these guys, I think they're looking for an opportunity to get in there, rub elbows with Jet and see if he can stand up to that pressure inside a stadium. All right, so let's give you what you came here to see, which is the unveiling of the top 20 riders who have clinched entry into the motos at the SMX races. We'll start with the 250 class. As you mentioned, JT, no surprise to see Hunter Lawrence at the top when we combine Supercross and Motocross standings together. He won both titles. He will start with 25 points in his pocket as this begins. That's his reward for being the best rider in the traditional championships heading into this. Impressive. If you told somebody at the beginning of the year Hayden Deegan would be ranked second, uh, I don't think they would have believed you. It's an unbelievable rookie season overall. It has been, and he is going to be a threat. Uh, if you look at the, his improvement and just the growth that he's gone through over the course of this season, you know, look back at Washougal just a month ago, we were considering him to be the, you know, he could be the pro motocross champion. He was only a handful of points out. You couple that with this great supercross season that he put in and the confidence that he's carrying right now. If anyone is thinking he's out of this thing to end up being the super motocross 250 champion, they're fooling themselves because I think he has his eyes squarely set on that. Yeah, and I think he feels this pro motocross thing is one that got away from him due to bad luck. Love to have a chance at revenge just a few weeks later. Levi Kitchen is actually ranked third. When we heard we we're going to have a playoff format, I think everyone started thinking, well, who are the riders that can get hot suddenly out of nowhere? That is exactly what Levi Kitchen is. You never know what you're going to get, but when you get the good Levi Kitchen, he wins races, so he's going to be a threat as well. And then RJ Hampshire... He got hurt at Unadilla, but JT, the plan is for him to be back for these playoff races. Yeah, he should come in healthy. Um, you know, he took a really big hit there at Unadilla, but I think he's in a place where he's going to be rested, recovered. And he's probably got a few laps logged on this kind of hybrid Supercross track as well. So with his starts, they were, you know, he remember he how good his starts were all season long. He can absolutely be a threat. And I don't think he's on the minds of many people because he missed the last few races there. Okay, well, we're running to the rest of the top 10. Joe Shimoda is fifth, missed some Supercross rounds, but came back toward the end and then piloted together with his motocross points. He is ranked fifth. So he'll have 17 points coming into the playoffs. Tom Vial, Max Voland, Justin Cooper sneaks his way in, cannot race 250 Supercross, but he will be racing 250 class of SMX. Jordan Smith kind of quietly is uh, ninth ranked in points. He will be back from injury as well. And here's uh, one of the few riders we're missing. Jed Lawrence actually ends up 10th in the rankings, but he will not be competing in the 250 class. So they're not going to move anyone else in automatically. Uh, Jet just won't be on the line, and that'll be another position that a rider could earn through the LCQ. Yeah, I just want to touch on Justin Cooper briefly there because remember, this is a former 250 East Coast Supercross champion, right? This is a guy that has basically pointed out of 250 Supercross, but this gives him a window to come back in. And you think about the format of this, there, are, there aren't going to be the Supercross style whoops that we're so accustomed to. And then the starts are going to be so important for this type of race. 
guess what Justin Cooper excels at? All of those things I mentioned. So he had a ton of momentum coming out of pro motocross. This is an opportunity for him to right the ship before he leaves this 250 class for good. And I think he's going to come in highly motivated. Rest of the field looks like this. You'll have Jalik Swole. He's ranked 11th. That means 11 points going into the playoffs. A rookie in Ryder Francesco did not race Supercross, but did well in motocross. He's 12th. Talon Hawkins, we suspect that Max Anstey, who gets in via his Supercross points, will be back for this event. Pierce Brown, Dylan Schwartz, Carson Mumford, Caden Broswell, that's a good story as well. Uh, was on multiple teams this year, but combined the points together, he's in. And the HBI Racing Kawasaki team said they will take him into the playoffs. And then that drama at the end. JT, Seth Hamaker rallying. He was outside the top 20 before our finale at Ironman, and he ends up 19th, so he's going straight in. Yeah, it was an interesting story for him because I think he wanted to finish strong and have a really good Ironman, but he couldn't, you know, air quotes around the word, send it too much because he would put himself in danger to not get the necessary points to jump into that top 20. So he mentioned that on the broadcast of, of finding that fine line between a good result and also not taking too many chances. Uh, but forget all that now. It's it's uh, playoff time and he can absolutely go for it when we roll into Charlotte. Now, Chance Hymas actually ended up with the 20th position, but he is out with a torn ACL. He will not be returning for the playoffs. So essentially, he and Jet Lawrence are the only riders in the top 20 rankings of the 250s that will not be racing our playoff rounds. And that leaves uh, two more openings for the riders in the LCQ. So let's get to the riders ranked 21 and back and who will be eligible to race. Okay, so let's show you the riders that were actually ranked 21st through 30th and the combined Supercross and Motocross points. So what you're going to find with this list is a lot of these riders are injured. We know that uh, Enzo Lopes and Jeremy Martin would be racing this event. Their team, Club MX, supports SMX with other riders, but they're out hurt. Same for Cameron McAdoo, Nate Thrasher, a lot of injuries. So we'll show you the actual riders that have committed to racing all three rounds in the LCQ. It starts with Chris Blose. This is a neat story, JT. Phoenix Racing Honda is going to pick up Blos. They want a playoff-eligible rider. They got one. They're also bringing the team back for Cullen Park and Cody Shock. We haven't seen them race since Monster Energy Supercross. It's Blos, Derek Kelly, Park, Austin Forkner, Shock, Preston Kilroy, Josh Fariz, Michael Hicks, Hunter Yoder, and Luke Neese. Those are the riders that have said we will show up at all three rounds and race their way in. And there's four spots available for the motos through this LCQ for 10 riders. So... A lot of opportunity here. Yeah, this is great. And it's a it's a real mix of inexperience and some veteran guys. You know, you look at Colin Park, who is 2022 Supercross Rookie of the Year. And then a guy like Austin Forkner, who's one of the winningest, if not the winningest active 250 racer in the class. So a little bit of everything. Um, a guy like Forkner could get into this out of the LCQ and win the entire event. And then some of these guys are like, hey man, this is my opportunity to make some real money and make a name for myself in this SMX World Championship. Yeah, another thing to mention, there's a $12,400 purse in the LCQ alone at each race. So even if the riders don't make the motos, they'll still make some money to help offset the travel cost of going to each event. And then the big money, of course, is when we total up the points at the end of these three SMX rounds. And we'll show you that here. It's $500,000 to the champion, two fifty dollars for second, $150,000 for third. And it pays all the way down. As you see, there are two fifty dollars points fund. So it should be interesting. These riders are committed the first time. We'll see how it turns out. So there you go. That is the field in the 250 class. I'll show you the Friday schedule at these races, which is different. We don't normally have a real Friday plan any longer at the regular Supercross and Motocross races, but this is new, and I'm sure the riders and teams wanted to get maximum track time. So we will have Friday activity. 
you're a fan coming out to the races, get there early so you can actually attend our 11 a.m. press conference that we'll have every Friday to the top riders. But what it really comes down to is you as a fan will get to see the riders hit these tracks for the first time. Noon on Friday, free practice. We haven't had free practice in a while, but I think we need it for these new races. No, it's going to be great. Uh, this whole Friday schedule just presents an opportunity for the fans to be more interactive. You know, these long time ago, whether it was Supercross or Pro Motocross, it was much more of a weekend feel. And we're back to that. There's going to be camping. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of activities. And yes, to see riders on track above all else would be fantastic. Yep. And that also includes a concert, a live music there you see a little later after the uh, practice sessions are done, and pit bike racing. So that'll be fun to see pit bikes uh, taking place. And our own show, SMX Insider, we're going to bring it to you live if you're a fan at the venue at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, and we'll do that at every event. So this will be another opportunity to interact and see things that you don't normally get to see. So that's Friday, and that's why you should come early, because we're going to see motorcycles on this track for the first time, and your guess is as good as theirs how that's going to turn out. All right, now it's time for the reveal of the top 20 450 riders going into this first ever SMX playoff. Well, at the top of the top 20, no surprise, Chase Sexton with the Monster Energy Supercross title. He had this clinched several races in advance. Didn't race all the rounds of motocross, but more than enough. He will start with 25 points. The big thing you're looking at there is Jet Lawrence, without Supercross points, was still able to get the third overall behind second-ranked Aaron Plessinger. But still, if you're Sexton, you have a five-point lead over Lawrence as these playoffs begin, and that could prove huge. Yeah, and, and I wonder how much of the points matter for Sexton, or is it just turning the page back to where he left as the champion, right? And I, I think that's the way he needs to enter this, is to say, okay, I closed the book on Pro Motocross. Now we're going back into a series where I'm the number one guy again, right? And, and we'll see, time will tell if he can actually do that, but I think this is a great opportunity for him to just reset and go at this thing as if the motocross situation never happened. Jet didn't go undefeated, forget all that. Go into Charlotte thinking that you're gonna be right there just as you left Salt Lake City as the champion. Now, the other intrigue about these races, normally when a rider is moving to a new team, that's right, Ironman, the finale, is the end of that relationship. But we've got several riders that are staying with their old teams, at least for these three races. And one rider we believe will be making a debut. So let's start with Sexton. We believe he will not be part of Honda next year, but he will be on a Honda for these three races. We don't know what Dylan Ferrandez's future plans as far as the team are concerned, but he'll stick with Yamaha for these races. But the most intriguing story of all, we expect Cooper Webb will not be on his traditional KTM. He's going to return from injury. We're going to see a superstar, a two-time Supercross champ, JT, debuting a new bike in Charlotte. Yeah, and this is his home race, really, right? He's a Carolina kid. You think about the, the fantastic race he had besting Jeffrey Hurlings years ago in Charlotte. He's gonna have a lot of family, friends there, great memories just across the way that he won that that uh, you know battle with Hurlings that I mentioned. So I think for him, there's gonna be a lot of emotion, a lot of anticipation, right? And he's gonna have it's gonna be a learning process, working through the paces of a new motorcycle. But I would not be shocked at all to see Cooper Webb have a great weekend because he is a guy that rises to the occasion. When people count him out or when the pressure is on. He is at his best and nobody's really talking about him right now because he's been missing for a couple of months but don't be shocked if you see that number two come around the first turnout front that's that's gonna have anaheim one type vibes to it though oh, how's he look on the new bike and then you want to talk anaheim one style where we always say hashtag deep field look at who comes in after this so webb ends up sixth jason anderson seventh 
Ken Roxon will return for the playoffs. He is ranked eighth. We're not going to get Eli Tomac. He's still out with an injury. Justin Barsha, top 10. I mean, you look at those riders, Tomac's out, but that group of nine inside the top 10, unbelievable. Yeah, and I think they're all, they all have a, a target painted on Jet Lawrence's back because to be honest, he embarrassed everybody. And I don't think it was his goal to embarrass anyone, but when you go through an entire summer of motocross and nobody can really do much about him, they just could not beat him. Even Ken Roxon, as great as Kenny is, Jet fell and Kenny couldn't capitalize on it. So I think all of them are looking at this as an opportunity to kind of send a message as they head into Anaheim 2024 is like, yep, great, great summer, but it's not going to be this way come January. So we'll see, time will tell. I think Jet has a different, a different uh, plan than they do, but um, I, I expect them to, to get aggressive with Jet. That doesn't mean dirty, but I think they're gonna try to get aggressive and try to change the narrative a little bit. That top 10 is filled with factory riders. What I like about the other top 10, the back half, 11 through 20, is how many privateers is a shot at huge money. We'll give you the full payout coming up in a little bit, but just to give an example, eighth place pays $100,000 uh, if the, you're ranked eighth when these playoffs are over. Look at some of these names. Freddie Noren really rallied this year. He's ranked 11th. Grant Harlan, maybe the most improved rider of anyone this season. He's ranked 12th coming in. Great chance to make a lot of money. Garrett Marchbanks wasn't a 450 rider at the beginning of the year. He rallied at 13th. Time Astropool was not on anyone's radar at all. 14th. Justin Hill returned after two years off. 15th. He'll be back. Uh, Kyle Chisholm, never have to rear a bet he, him coming back. He never goes away. He's 16th. Dean Wilson will return, did not race pro motocross. He will be back for these races, ranked 17th. And then I love the dynamic we had. Look at the last three on the list, JT. These three riders racing Ironman to ensure they're in the top 20. No, it's great. Um, and and typically this week, and and honestly, the week of Charlotte, riders would be taking some time off. They'd be resting, recovering, probably not even looking at a motorcycle. If I'm them right now, sitting here as we record this, I would be out riding. I would forego any rest, forego any sort of burnout feelings that these guys typically have because the amount of money and the opportunity in front of them is greater than anything else. So you're just gonna have to grin and bear it at some points, even if you're tired, nagging injuries, all of that, because this opportunity that, you know, is in front of us that, you know, Feld and MX Sports and Peacock and everybody have put together this incredible super motocross package. You have to be ready to take advantage of this and be opportunistic. Yep. So there it is. McElrath, Nichols and Hill put their own programs together to get to a couple pro motocross races to score enough points to ensure they're into the motos. They're into the top 20. That's guaranteed money for privateers. So the LCQ is supposed to be seeded by the riders ranked 21 through 30 in combined Supercross and Motocross points. But when you look at that list, we see a lot of riders who are unable to race. We thought Christian Craig might be able to get back. He's not going to make it. Lorenzo Lacurcio's out, and he's the team owner of the Wildcat team. So that brings Jose Boutron out of the playoffs as well. Benny Bloss is signed with Beta for next year. Their bike is not ready. So let's show you the riders who actually did commit to come to the LCQ all three weekends. Phil Nicoletti, if I had one wish, JT, who would be in the LCQ every week, he is. You also have Kevin Morans, Derek Drake, Justin Starling, Josh Cartwright, Jerry Robin, Jeremy Hand, Luca Marcellisi, Bryce Shelley, and Jace Kessler. So they'll all be competing each week for three spots in the motos. Yeah, it's going to be great. And, and Phil, of course, is coming off of a pretty strong summer there. He joined the series late, but he had so much entertainment and drama to this. To have him in the LCQ each week will be awesome. And some of these guys, as you mentioned, they're, you know, they're just coming out of the amateurs. This is going to be their first real shot to do something. A guy like Bryce Shelley, who just raced 
Loretta Lynn's Amateur National Championship to jump into the SMX playoffs here. What an opportunity to fight for three spots amongst a bunch of other privateers. So uh, someone's, or I guess three of these guys will, will end up making a lot of money here. And uh, yeah, just what a great opportunity. Yeah, I want to mention there was a $15,000 purse each weekend in the LCQ alone. So every rider who's committed to these races will take home some money, even if they finish last in the LCQ. And if they make it into the motos, then you start scoring points. And let's show you how much money is truly on the line. It is unreal. A million dollars to our 450 champion, 500,000 for second, 250,000 for third. But the number that jumps out most to me, JT, it's $100,000 even for eighth in the 450 class. Yeah, and I think about those guys like Grant Harlan, some of the, you know, they don't have the name, that factory ride that you think about, but they've had such fantastic seasons. They come in right around 10th in SMX championship points. And then we get this reset where they're really going to have a chance to move up the leaderboard from there. So a ton of money on the line. They, you know, for them, I think they have to just kind of block that out and, and focus on what's in front of them as far as the races. But we all know those last few laps of each race are going to be thinking about that money. It's all coming up September 9th. Watch for us, our race day live show Saturday morning on Peacock and the Super Motocross Video Pass and our pre-race show at 2.30 Eastern and then racing at 3 o'clock. Again, Peacock and the Super Motocross Video Pass and live on USA Network. Let's get this thing going.